The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. The Week 10 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Remember, guys, who you're betting on is just as important as who you are betting with, and that's why I always tell you, go with MyBookie. Trust me, they are the best bet you'll have this season they have the in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. So head over to my bookie because when you win, they pay. And when you go over there, I want you to use my promo code BEARS25 and it will activate this offer. If you're willing to make a deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play over on, a, on deposits over $100 and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. That's Bears25. Use the promo code over at MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. So there you have it. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. This week on the Bears Talk Underground, there may have been a chill in the air at Soldier Field on Sunday, but after our beloved's performance against NFC North rival Detroit, not one fan of the Blue and Orange faithful left the stadium with anything but good vibrations and warm feelings of victory in their hearts. How did the Bears claim victory number six? And is there any cause for concern? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 10 review episode of The Bears Talk Underground. It's Victory Monday once again, folks. What's better than matching our win total, our our highest win total since year one of the John Fox era when we went six and ten, one game better than the final year of Mark Tressman at five and eleven, with seven games left to go. I say nothing. And I dare you to tell me what could be better. What's going on, everybody? Larry D back for the week ten review episode of the Bears Talk Underground and uh you know, it's uh, you know I, I went on and on last week about how the Bears and the Lions are, are one of the truest rivalries in the NFC North, and uh, that's why I look forward to these games, nerve-wracking as they can be uh, at times. But I also did say I wanted the Bears to bury Detroit into the ground, and when we were up 26 to nothing in the second quarter yesterday, I was feeling pretty good, feeling pretty good that we were going to walk away with a victory against this team that has just frustrated us so much uh, over the years and given us some of the most exciting games that we've had uh, lately. But nonetheless, always, we always came on, on the wrong end of those. 
whether it be Connor Barth missing field goals, Jay Cutler throwing interceptions, whatever the reason may be, or for whatever reason, not being able to hold off Matt Stafford in the fourth quarter. God help us all. But none of that happened yesterday. The Bears got off to a huge lead, 26 to nothing in the second quarter, and carried that all the way to the end of the game for a 34-22 win. And the game, not even as close as the 12-point deficit at the end of the game would lead you to believe. We will talk a little bit about that as we go along here. But uh, it's win number six. Like I said, the highest win total we've had since year one of John Fox when we went six and ten. And we've got seven games left in the, on the schedule. And I would say at least, at least four of them are winnable, which would be another game against Detroit. Uh, we got a home game against the Packers. I'm really looking forward uh, to that one. And we got the Giants and the 49ers. And that's not talking about the two games with the Vikings and the one game we have left with the Rams, which is also in Chicago. So, And to tell you the truth, man, as awesome as the Rams have played this year, they're vulnerable on defense, man. If we can rack up some points, because that's – that's why they lost to the Saints, because they couldn't outscore the Saints. For some reason, that defense of theirs, that elite-looking uh, defense with Donald and Sue and, and all that talent that they have, got smoked by the Saints. 45 points they gave up. They gave up 31 yesterday to the Seattle Seahawks, man. If they played the Bears, I think we could beat them. If we could slow them down on defense with a healthy Khalil Mack and the way our secondary and our defense overall has been playing the last three weeks, I think we could beat the Rams. I really do. You know, I honestly do. The Saints, that's another question altogether. Those guys are they're the one team that I would worry about uh, meeting in the playoffs uh, right now. But I think the Bears are capable of beating anyone. The only team that I would have any kind of second thoughts about losing to or beating or, or saying, like, yeah, we're going to win this game, would be the Saints. The, that would become a more of a home field. Like, if we play the Saints in January in Chicago, we'll run them, all off. We'll run them off the field. I believe that wholeheartedly. But uh, <laughs> a lot has to happen in order for the Bears to be hosting the Saints in the playoffs uh, this year. A lot. Uh, a, 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 a lot. Like a mountain of things have to happen. Uh, for that to happen but you know I almost regret that the 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 Rams are too far down the the road maybe they're going to get some guys back or get something get healthy or or whatever they still got to play the Bears in December in Chicago I'm really liking our chances in that game with the way that our team is playing the last few weeks especially on defense you slow them down on defense you can outscore them on offense you know we, we as an offense can outscore uh, the Rams, for whatever reason, they're having trouble stopping teams. Um, they just happen to be outscoring their opponents you know, enough to get the wins. That's, that's what's going on with the Rams uh, right now. They're vulnerable on defense. We could put some points up against the Rams and have a good day defensively. They can be beaten. They can be beaten. So I'm loving the way the team is playing right now. And, uh, you know, aside from our kicking game, which we'll talk about here as we go along things. But um, Trubisky was lights out yesterday in a divisional game, which was fantastic uh, to see. You know, he was damn near perfect in the first quarter, still almost perfect going into halftime. And, you know, as I'm looking at the, um, at the wide receiver stats right now, you know, how many times have we talked about this kind of thing uh, throughout the year uh, up to this point? But it's like Allen Robinson – 
six catches, eight targets. Before, it would be Allen Robinson caught four passes on 11 targets or something crazy like that. Uh, Anthony Miller, five catches, six targets. Trey Burton caught all four targets that went his way. Tariq Cohen, six catches on seven targets. And, and, and the, the only person that was missed on, uh, was Taylor Gabriel, who had no catches on three targets uh, yesterday. I think the, the Lions were afraid of him and decided to focus on him. And we exploited them with everybody else, which is a and I will we'll talk a bit, a bit more about this uh, as we go along as well. Huge, huge uh, sign of progress yesterday, and I'll tell you where to where to where you know how where it came from, or you know how I see it as progress uh, as we get uh, down the trough here. So let's go ahead and and dive in. The first quarter started out just the way that we wanted to. The Bears get the football. We put it in the end zone. We get the ball back from the Lions. We put it in the end zone again, and we're playing ahead against this team that has trouble playing from behind. Even with the great Matt Stafford, who was uh, you know gotten this reputation for for comeback victories and so on, we got a a big lead on a team having trouble playing from behind uh, this year, and we were able to tee off in the first quarter. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter, the Bears and the Lions and everything coming up Bears so far, including our beloved quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, only one incompletion. By my count, he was seven for eight. I don't know how much, how many yards he got in that's uh, you can uh, attribute a heavy chunk of those yards to Allen Robinson. Two drives for the Bears result in two touchdowns and two big plays by Allen Robinson, one on the first drive, a 35-yard catch that set up the first touchdown by Tariq Cohen. The second round, the second one on third and 15, I think it was a 35-plus yard reception again to Allen Robinson, makes, this, makes the reception in the end zone, kind of back-shouldered or under-through, depending on who you're talking to. Daryl Johnston thinks it was underthrown. I don't know. Who the hell cares? It went. To, it was throwing. The, he was intended to throw it to Robinson. Robinson caught it the end zone, and uh, the Bears are looking good on offense. That second drive, eight plays, 91 yards. The the Lions thought they were going to play a little field position, and it did not go their way. The defense having a hard time uh, bottling up the Bears uh, on offense right now. On defense. The Lions were able to move the ball fairly well on that first drive. They moved the chains. They went for it on fourth down, and they got it. You know, the, the mixing up the run and the pass uh, kind of thing. They were able to move the chains. However, they, uh, the offensive line seems to be picking up where they left off. Two sacks of Stafford on that first drive, including including a third down sack by Roquan Smith that knocked the Lions out of field goal range. They were going to be kicking into the wind. It would have taken a 55-yard field goal. Initially, they brought the field goal team on the field, took a timeout, thought better of it, thought to play the, the field position game. And I already told you how that went. So the Lions have the football for the second time with this, uh, and now they'll be going with the win instead of against it now. And uh, we'll see how it goes. The only negative that happened in the first quarter for the Bears would be Cody Parker doinking the initial uh, field goal, or excuse me, the extra point off of the uprights. Other than that, it's coming up all Bears uh, so far. Two sacks, 150 yards total offense, 13 to nothing lead. 
can't go much better than that. So uh, here we are. We're getting ready to start the second quarter right now. Let's see how our beloved pick it up from where they left off. Cody Parkey was uh, off targets with one of his extra points in the first quarter. And I was off target by mispronouncing his name in the first quarter knee jerk reaction. So we're even uh, on that one. So um, I didn't panic on the first, you know, he missed the extra point on the first touchdown. It's six, nothing instead of seven. He comes right back when we score the second time, boom, he puts it between the uprights. Well, you think that it's over, right? Unfortunately, no, <laughs> it, it didn't work out that way. You know, he, uh, he did it again in the second quarter and then, uh, God, anyway, but we'll talk about Cody Parkey here in a minute, uh, and obviously he'll be featured somewhere, I won't tell you where, in the bear up, bear down section. I'll let you think about where he might pop up uh, there. But in the first quarter, the Bears were, were aggressive. They were coming after uh, the Lions, and it was, it was great to see. It was great to see. Uh, it was even greater to see the fact that, that Allen Robinson came back like a bat out of hell. Uh, in that first quarter like I said he had a huge reception in the in the on the first drive that set up the three-yard touchdown run uh, from Tariq Cohen a lot of really great things from the line on that Cohen run you see the rookie James Daniel bottle up his guy Cody Whitehair gets the snacks Harrison uh, turn just basically just open that hole right up uh, for Cohen who you know just walks right into the end zone uh, for the touchdown and then Robinson, it was a 36-yard reception for the touchdown uh, on the second drive. And like I said, it depends on who you're talking to on how you think that throw went. Did Mitchell uh, Trubisky uh, purposely throw it back shoulder or was the throw underthrown? Like I said in the knee-jerk reaction, who the hell cares? He intended, it for, he intended for it to go to Allen Robinson in the end zone. Who caught the ball? in the end zone, touchdown Bears. So it worked out. Whatever was happening, it worked out. So we'll just take it uh, uh, for what it is. And then, like I said, the defense, two sacks in the first quarter. Roquan Smith with that drive-killing uh, sack on third down, knocked him out of field goal range. They thought they'd pin us back, but instead eight plays, 91 yards. That was capped off by the Allen Robinson uh, touchdown. Everything was coming up Bears except for Cody Parkey missing that extra point. It was, it was a fantastic thing to see. That's how you wanted to see the Bears respond to what was supposed to be a step up in competition from the two weeks of, of playing the, the lesser half of the, uh, of the AFC East. So, and also, like I said, playing against a team that, A, we're going to have to see a second time in a very short period. Ten days from today on the 12th, we see him again on Thanksgiving. Uh, we're playing him again. But, you know... Hopefully we didn't show too much, so they weren't. You know, we still got some tricks left in our bag when we see them on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, but we, and the tricks that we did use were wildly effective uh, to give the Bears such a huge lead early on and kind of be able to coast in the second half. And we'll talk about the second half here in a minute. But in the second quarter, it was more of the same. Uh, we we got a couple more touchdowns put on the board. We kept our foot on uh, you know Detroit's throat there through the majority of the second quarter to build a lead that Detroit would not be able to come back from. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Lions after the second quarter, and it was more of the same. Dominance from our beloved on both sides of the football, and uh, the Bears have jumped out to a 26-7 halftime lead. I mean, we've had the ball... 
unless you want to count this very last drive, we had the ball five times. We scored four touchdowns. Again, the only real negative we have, Cody Parkey doinking a second extra point off of the upright after our third touchdown. A 45-yard completion from Trubisky to a wide-open Anthony Miller. He didn't miss him this time. Trubisky is on fire so far. I think he only has two or three incompletions in the entire first half. I just saw a stat. Allen Robinson has 99 yards on four catches and a touchdown so far in the first half. So he's coming back at 110%. Uh, The defense did give up a long drive to the Lions here right at the end of the half. They finally put the ball in the end zone um, to make it 26-7. We're able to to kind of uh, spread the Bears out on defense, and then they were running it right down the middle. They got big chunks of yardage on the ground by spreading the Bears out with like four wide receiver sets and then Carrion Johnson, LeGarrette Blunt running the football uh, up the middle. That's where they were most effective, and they ended up putting in the end zone to finish the half. But it's been all Bears. Trubisky has been doing an amazing job so far in the first half. Like I said, I think he only has maybe two or three incomplete in the entire first half thus far. His second, uh, his the fourth touchdown that put us up 26 to nothing, my favorite one so far. Um, a couple of plays prior to the touchdown drive. Jared Davis, the middle linebacker for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Trubisky uh, is under siege. He's about to get sacked. He breaks the pocket. He's running, and he uh, decides to get out of bounds. Jared Davis takes him and like kind of like leading him out of bounds and then pushes him into a ball boy. I mean, just crashes the poor guy, um, the I'm talking about the ball boy, of course, gets run over by Trubisky, gets flagged, puts us down, you know, inside the five or uh, whatever it was. But a punk-ass move by Jared Davis to do that. My favorite what thing was we ran the quarterback draw on uh, from the six-yard line, something like that. And... Um, it was meant to look like a, like a draw play or a handoff to Jordan Howard. Comes right up the middle, and as soon as he starts blocking Jared Davis, Trubisky takes off, runs it right up the middle, right at Jared Davis, gets in for the touchdown. Trubisky enthusiastically spikes the ball in the ground and then screams out loud. It was awesome. So the Bears are on fire on offense. Four real possessions, four touchdowns. The Lions start with the football, so they've got a little bit of momentum with that touchdown drive just before the half. But we've got a big lead, and we've got all the confidence in the world going into the second half. A couple of things about that sec- that last touchdown drive, the one that ended with Trubisky's um, uh, quarterback's uh, draw for the touchdown. Number one, it was set up by an interception from Bryce Callahan, who had, I think, the first sack on Stafford uh, in the football game. So, I mean, a sack and interception in the first half set up a a short field and a scoring drive uh, for the Bears. And um, that play in particular that I was talking about, Jared Davis, you know, Trubisky broke the – it looked – they had him dead to rights, okay? They had him. He breaks the pocket. He runs away. He's going to get out of bounds. Jared Davis is kind of like guiding him out of bounds, kind of like, you know, just pushing him, uh, you know, like he's got his hand on his back. And then at the very end – they're, and, and like Daryl Johnston said uh, during the game, they're not even in the white. They were in the green grass on the sideline. Like they had passed the entire sideline before he shoves uh, Trubisky into this ball. ball. Straight plows the poor guy over. 
And what I loved about that was that um, when the smoke cleared, it was a bunch of bears and lions in the in the middle of it, jawing back and forth with each other. Trubisky and Jared Davis are actually no longer a part of it. They're the two guys that are walking away from the pile because Anthony Miller got in Jared David's face who got into somebody, you know, somebody got in, in Miller's face and here comes Cody Whitehair and Daniels and, and the offensive line. Nobody in, nobody liked it whatsoever that they pushed Trubisky into that ball boy like that. Um, not to mention they probably pissed him off that he hurt one of the guys working the game in their stadium uh, as well. This guy had his back to the game or, or whatever was going on. The poor guy gets run over because Jared Davis is being a dickhead and, it was just a low-class move that, that he pulled, and, I, and that's why I was so happy about the play that ensued uh, a few plays later when we ran the quarterback draw right at him and Trubisky got to run through his, uh, his arm tackle because he was being blocked by Jordan Howard at the time for the touchdown. You know, he spikes the ball. He tried to throw the football through the ground. That's how jacked up he was and screaming right into the camera uh, and all the rest of that stuff. It was the perfect punctuation to the second half. Too bad it was then followed by the uh, the Lions uh, taking the ball down the field uh, to put their only points on the board, which actually should have been avoided. Um, the uh, the Bears actually were able to get a I think it was a Mukamura who pulled or or somebody uh, Galladay caught a pass from Stafford, and it was one of those where one defender was holding him up and the other one went after the ball and was actually able to get the ball loose, but the referees initially called it down. And um, what's uh, our, our head coach? I can't remember his name for all of a sudden. Matt Nagy uh, was too late in getting the challenge flag out because the, the, the Lions quickly get up to the line of scrimmage. They run a play. Nagy got the flag out, but not before they snapped the football. Therefore, the end, you know, you can't go back and replay it. They showed the replay. Uh, you know, Fox did show the replay and the ball came out in plenty of time. It was, you know, the Bears knocked it out. The Bears did recover, so it would have been Bears football had they gone back and replayed it. It would have negated the um, the touchdown drive uh, for the Lions. And who knows, with the way the offense was playing, maybe we, we grew up 33 to nothing or 34 to nothing at halftime um, instead because we, we would have been deep in, in Detroit territory had that uh, had Nagy been able to get the flag out uh, in time. So... Unfortunately, he didn't pull the trigger on, and he owned up to it. To his credit, in the in the press conference, he's like, "I, you know, I was, uh, you know, trying to get the, the plays ready for the next drive, and and so on and so forth. I didn't catch it in time. You know, he had his head down. He wasn't watching the defense, and he missed the he missed his opportunity to get the flag out in time. So we'll see how he works on that uh, going forward. But uh, that that was a missed opportunity there for the uh, Bears." Uh, right before the uh, the half and it was a little bit concerning seeing what e, you know and maybe the bears were going in somewhat of a pre-ment it was getting close to halftime uh there so they were kind of back on their heels a little bit but uh the, the chunks of the yardage that they, they had on the bears running the ball was concerning but it was something that i guess with with second half adjustments that the bears negated one way or the other because it didn't they didn't dominate with the run in the second half uh, of the football game that being said the third quarter was probably the most frustrating quarter of the day for me personally as I sat and, and, and watched the game. Number one, because it felt like it took forever. And number two, 
um, I saw some things from the Bears or from Nagy or, or whatever that I didn't like in the third quarter. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction in the third quarter, the Bears and the Lions. And um, very mixed feelings about this third quarter. The Bears kind of come out a, a little flat on offense. Uh, the Lions were able to move the football a bit and add a field goal. It was actually a very long quarter as well. It's kind of seemed to to drag on and I blame that mostly on the Bears because it seemed like with a 26 to 7 halftime lead Maggie got conser- got conservative again and started playing not to lose in the second half instead of staying aggressive and burying the Lions where they stand uh, there was you know the back to back drives we 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 get cons- we ran on three straight plays and barely got yardage and you know we're in field goal range and Cody Parkey has missed four kicks today. Two extra points, two field goals, all four off the upright. And I don't even think he could do that on purpose. That's how impossible that is. He's cost us eight points so far. The game should be way more out of reach than it already is. The good news is... The Bears are still winning by a ton. The Lions have only been able to add a field goal uh, to their total, giving them 10 points after three quarters. The Bears finally remembered that the game is not over yet and got aggressive on the last uh, offensive drive. Allen Robinson with another long touchdown reception. This was more of a catch and run uh, on Allen Robinson's part. 125 yards on five catches for Robinson today. Two touchdowns. That's a hell of a return after being out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Instead of kicking an extra point, they leave Cody Parkey on the sideline and go for two, and they get it. The Bears are up 34-10 coming into the fourth quarter, and it should be with the eight points that Cody Parkey has cost us, 42-10 right now. That's where we should be. Where we are, 34-10, and even though Matt Stafford has a reputation for coming from behind with late victories and such, I just don't see it coming from this Lions team. I, I don't I don't see it happening. So the Bears are in a hell of a spot right now. They're up 24 points on the division rival Lions with 15 minutes left to go in the game. The Lions offense really was struggling and, and you know the, the effort from our defense aside, they really do miss Golden Tate. That's that's obvious. They 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 really did seem to be lacking for options, uh, especially in the uh, in the passing game. If it wasn't going to Kenny Galladay, it uh, it really wasn't going uh, anywhere. As I'm looking at their stats, um, Galladay was targeted 13 times yesterday. 13 times by Stafford. Six catches. Uh, Theo Riddick is a running back. He was the second highest targeted receiver with seven. Uh, Marvin Jones also with seven targets. Carryon Johnson six catches out of the or six targets on or six catches on six targets coming out of the backfield. So the top four receivers uh, for the Lions yesterday: two running backs, two wide receivers, and you know Theoretic was actually lining up in the slot, kind of like Jeremy said. Uh, Jeremy Reisman said uh, during the the preview episode, that's what the Lions have been doing uh, since trading uh, Golden Tate, lining him up in in the slot as a a slot receiver. And that's what we're seeing them do yesterday. And it was, uh, you know, obviously that worked out very well uh, in the Bears' favor while they tried to figure that out. And, uh, you know, it it just seems it kind of goes back to the confusing nature 
of the Golden Tate trade where they, they made the trade to add uh, Snacks Harrison to their defensive line to kind of shore up the middle uh, of that uh, defensive line, and then they trade away one of their more important offensive pieces, and that never seemed to be more obvious than it did yesterday. What, what Golden Tate could have provided could have made a difference in, in yesterday's uh, game. So, I mean, they were, they were shorthanded by their own, ch- by their own choice uh, in the game against the Bears uh, yesterday. They really could have used Golden Tate uh, in that football game. So it was, um, you know, obviously that trade worked out well for the Bears uh, uh, big time. So, but to talk about the frustrations, uh, it, it happened in the third quarter and also for a, for the fourth quarter uh, as well. And this is where we, we go back to the point where I was saying, but it actually shows progress. The Lions did a hell of a job bottling up the Bears running game yesterday, which is exactly what I would have done if I was putting up a defensive game plan uh, for the Bears it's like you want at this stage in his career you want to put the ball in Mitch Trubisky's hands and force him to win the football game for them that's what you actually want you know that Tampa Bay game up to this point has proven to be an anomaly it's obvious he's a talented passer but it's also obvious he's going through his growing pains first year in a new system with a new coach a bunch of new teammates so on and so forth I mean we'll, we'll repeat that till we're blue in the face those are just the facts and aside from the perfect day that he had against Tampa Bay, he's been shaky at best throughout the rest of it. Impressive stats, yes or no, but he's never, you know, he hasn't quite had a solid start to game, start to end uh, game uh, throughout the year. Aside from that one game six weeks ago now uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you want to take the running game away, so you bottle up Jordan Howard, you make sure Tariq Cohen doesn't do anything crazy to you, you put it all on Trubisky. The progress being that that's exactly what happened, and Trubisky smoked the Lions yesterday. A brand-new career high. He did one yard better than his career-high performance against Tampa Bay, 355 yards instead of 354, three touchdowns, no interceptions, the rushing touchdown, which was my favorite moment uh, of the entire football game. Trubisky made the Lions pay for putting the football in his hands. The concern, of course, being that the running game was atrocious yesterday. Jordan Howard, 11 carries, 29 yards. Tariq Cohen, 7 carries, 15 yards. Uh, You know, Trubisky with his scrambling was the second leading rusher with 18 yards yesterday. But if you look at our top two running backs, Howard and Cohen, 18 carries, 36 yards for a two-yard average. You, you don't win football games when you play like that. And and you hear me talk about it in the fourth quarter, knee-jerk reaction. We got to get that fixed. We got it. I don't know if it's if it's the running game is just lousy at at run blocking or, you know, like I and I refuse to believe that it's because we got the wrong guys running the football. As awesome as Jordan Howard has been in this first couple of years uh, in the league, how do we have a better offense? And he's the worst part of it. It just doesn't make any any sense to me I, I know that some some guys uh fit better into a scheme than than others do um but i i just refuse to believe that jordan howard is such a bad fit uh in this offense that he can't get anything going again only 11 only 11 carries uh yesterday but granted it just seemed like part of the uh the bears reacting to what the lions were giving them and and throwing the football was going a hell of a lot better than running it so we did that you know, if 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 uh, Trubisky came to the line with an RPO um, uh, choice, he was going with the pass because that's what the Lions were 
were, were doing. Like I actually saw that happen on I think it was the first play of the game because the first play of the game was a handoff to Jordan Howard for like nine yards on first down. And anytime that you hear the quarterback say kill, kill, kill at the line of scrimmage, he's changing the play. He's changing the play. So I heard Trubisky say kill, 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 and even I was looking at how spread out the Lions' defense was, and I was like, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. They hand it off to Jordan Howard, boom, right up the gut for nine yards on, on first and ten. So, I mean, it, it, but then again, he ended up the, he ended the game with 21 yards on 11 carries, so he basically got half of his yardage on the first carry of the game, and it didn't get any better uh, uh, after that. We really got to do something. Uh, about the running game I don't know if if maybe if Harry Heaston our offensive line coach we got to work on some different schemes and or or something uh, to help open up those holes uh, for Howard we got to do some between the tackle stuff get him going so that you know well we would be damn near unstoppable if we can get the running game going uh, on offense if they have to worry about both facets because last year remember that's what you wanted to do you wanted you had to shut down Cohen and and Howard Put the ball in the rookie's hands and see what happens uh, kind of thing. The Lions went ahead and did that yesterday, probably because that's how they were able to beat us twice last year. Put the ball in Trubisky's hands, see what happens, and it backfired against them because we got weapons to throw the football to this year. Um, but we got to get that game, we got to get that running game going uh, uh, with Howard. Uh, it, just, uh, it just has to happen. 11 carries is unacceptable, especially when we were up 26 to nothing with more than half the game uh, left to go and he, you know he, he came in with the idea obviously you want to run the ball more uh, in the second half but it just seemed like he gave up an entire drive to running the football but the frustrating part about that was like one run went to Cohen one one went to Howard another one went to like I think Taylor Gabriel or something like that. they did one of those uh, those end arounds or something like that uh, no it was take one Mazel that's who it was they gave it to take one Mazel who got zero yards on that one carry so uh you know that should have been if you want to dedicate a drive to running the football give it to the horse give it to howard let him run the ball stop mixing it up i know that you you know you're trying to keep the defense on their toes by mixing up personnel groupings and so they won't know because that was the one thing that was so so frustrating to watch last year was that the bears offense was as predictable as the sun coming up tomorrow everybody knew what we were doing it was just a matter of whether or not they could stop us from doing it who cares man we got a 26 point lead run the ball down their throats if they can stop it great if they can't that's even better you know it, that's what we got to do and in, in, in some cases that's where Nagy tries to get a little too smart for his own good tries to be the smartest guy in the room and it ends up being the biggest mistake just give the ball to Howard tell him to run, find a seam somewhere in the line of scrimmage and bury his head forward run somebody I mean look at the touchdown he had last week against Buffalo I don't know if that running back that he crashed into has woken up yet. He just plowed right into the guy and then just walked into the end zone after running him over. That's what that running back is capable of. That's what we need to give him an opportunity to do a bit more often. The good news is he's played well against the Vikings. Hopefully that continues this coming Sunday when we're on national TV and the whole world is watching. So anyway, that's my little uh, soapbox rant on our running game. It's been uh, you know, aside from uh, Trubisky's uh, inaccuracies from time to time, it's been the one thing that's frustrated me more than anything uh, with this offense. Just Trubisky's um, struggles have been on the forefront because they've been, you know, extremely noticeable. But um, that that running game, we got to get that going because um, 
I don't know what his what his yearly total is, but I bet it's definitely not on course to to get a thousand yards for the third year in a row uh, for him. I, I I doubt very much that uh, that Howard is on pace to get a thousand yards uh, with seven games to go. So we're on the we're on the downslope. It's all downhill uh, from here, and uh, I don't think uh, that that Co- excuse me Howard is close to getting a thousand yards uh, on the ground uh, this season. So anyway. We go into the fourth quarter. Um, like I said, at the end of the third quarter there, we realized that, uh, hey, the football game's not over, so we should probably keep playing. And we scored that touchdown. Allen Robinson, the catch and run uh, to go up. Uh, <laughs> and they didn't They didn't give Parkey a chance anymore. Uh, they're like, you know what, dude? We're going we're gonna to do this one without you. We're going to go for two. And uh, got the two-pointer to Trey Burton uh, to put us up 34-10 to 10, uh, at the time. And uh, that was the other thing. We, we mentioned that... Uh, that uh, or I mentioned that Parkey uh, doinged another uh, two field goal attempts this time, so that was six points that Parkey left on the field uh, in the uh, in the third quarter as opposed to the one point each in the first half. Um, yeah, it was just like it became comedy. Uh, at, at, it just like to the point where it was like Parkey was smiling in a fr- you know that frustrated smile. You know, it just uh, he was definitely not feeling it that day. And I don't know if it's um, if he was having trouble with the conditions as far as the, you know, the, the wind in, in Soldier Field, because he said he was uh, he said he was aiming to, to shoot it down the middle and it kept pulling to the right on him. And uh, you'd think after missing the third kick, he would have changed it up for the fourth one. But uh, no, because every one of those kicks was on the high end of the crossbar. So it's not like he didn't have enough leg and it banged off the, off the crossbar. Or it was on the high end of the the goal of the uh, upright, I should say, not the crossbar, the upright. You know, he had plenty of leg. He had leg for days, so that wasn't the issue at all. He just kept hitting the damn upright instead of it getting to go through uh, the uprights. So, so, um, yeah, we'll talk about Cody Parkey here when we get to the bear up, bear down. Still not going to tell you which side of the bear up, bear down spectrum he's going to land on, but. We go to the fourth quarter, uh, we close it out, and uh, we seal up this victory. Uh, first win over the Lions in at least, I think, three years. I think we beat them since 20... I think we... Did we beat them in 2016? We only had three wins in 2016. I think the Lions were one of them. But anyway, first time, uh, you know, the first meeting with the Lions, we got the W, and that's all that matters. Major reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Lions, and we've done it. We finally got a W against the Lions. 34 to 22, the final score in this one. Not really happy with how we played in the second uh, in the second half. Um, you know, the defense seemed to be playing a bit soft, naggy a little bit soft with his play calling and conservative and everything. I just I really, especially in the third quarter, feel like we should have been a lot more aggressive. I think we could have made this a much bigger triumph than it ended up being. 34-22 does not tell the story of how the Bears dominated this game. Trubisky, 23 of 30, 355 yards, three touchdown passes, no interceptions, and a rushing touchdown. He was a monster today uh, against the Lions. We couldn't run the ball worth a damn. That is something we absolutely have to fix next week against the Minnesota Vikings. We have to be able to run the ball against Minnesota. There's no doubt about that. But the defense today, six sacks, two turnovers, 
outstanding. The only unit, obviously, that was lacking. I'm not even going to say special teams. I'm going to say <laughs> the kick, uh, the kickoff, or the, excuse me, the field goal team. Cody Parkey left eight points on the field this week. It should be a 42-22 to victory for the Bears with the eight points that he left out there. Instead, it is a much closer-looking game than it ended up being. But the Bears come away with their third straight win. We are still atop the NFC North, heading into a first-place showdown with the Vikings next Sunday on Sunday Night Football. Looking forward to it. <laughs> And I am definitely looking forward to it. I, it's, it's another measuring stick game for the Bears. Unfortunately, we've, we've come up short uh, in those games thus far, you know, losing to Green Bay week one, losing to New England uh, week seven. However, we could have, should have won both of those games. That's the progress that, you know, the 2018 season represents, uh, in my opinion, is being in those games is the point more so than winning at this stage. Obviously, we should have won, you know, especially the Green Bay game. Don't even get me started. But, um, you know, but being in those games, period, is is a definite change from the last few years where we're struggling to stay relevant in a game against Green Bay, struggling to stay relevant against Tom. The last time we saw Tom Brady, he had 50 points on us in the third quarter. That's how bad it was the last time that we played uh, the Patriots four years ago. That's how embarrassing it was to sit there and watch that. So... The fact that we were there and, you know, in it until the very end and uh, our, our biggest losing margin so far of this year is only the seven points that we lost to New England. You know, our loss to, to Miami was a three-point loss, the loss to Green Bay a one-point loss. I mean, that's how, how close we've been, how close we were to being undefeated so far uh, this season. The ball bounces a few different ways and we get the luck and boom, we're 9-0 and instead of just 6-3. and that's the progress that the Bears uh, are, are, are making here in, in, in 2018. And the Cody Parkey thing, first of all, Nagy came out almost immediately in support of Parkey. We're not bringing in any kickers to, you know, to, to audition or anything like that. Cody Parkey is fine. He had a bad day. Now, I made a bold prediction for those of you who follow me on Twitter, and I said that A, the Bears were not going to cut Cody Parkey because everybody was asking for his job after missing that second field goal in the third quarter. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Just think, looking at, you know, logistically with his salary and all, he's in the first year of a four-year, $15 million contract where $9 million of it is guaranteed. We can't really, I mean, we can afford to cut him, but it wouldn't be a good move. And um, number two, the second half, the bold part of the prediction was that um, I think Cody Parkey will be somewhat of a hero next week against the Vikings. Whatever kick we ask him to make against Minnesota, he's going to make them. So if it comes down to it being a three-point game, I believe, knock on wood, Cody Parkey's going to be there for us. So maybe that's just me, rose-colored glasses, glass half full instead of glass half empty. But uh, I'm I love our chances next week against Minnesota. We get the running game going. We stay efficient, and we play uh, the offensive game that we played today, uh, or excuse me, this past uh, this Sunday against, uh, against Detroit. We'll smoke the Vikings. I believe that. But the reason that I say getting the running game going is essential is because the Vikings have a much better pass rush than Detroit does. 
So if they can stop the run, all they, they'll just be pinning their ears back to come after Trubisky in the passing game, and that's the one thing we haven't quite seen. We've seen that he moves around in the pocket, but he's not the best when he's under pressure. So we want to be able to give the Bears or give the Vikings pause to do that. You know, like maybe we do that. Oh, uh, draw a play up the middle. There goes Jordan Howard. Good good luck uh, running him down uh, uh, kind of thing. That's why we want to get the running game going uh, against Minnesota so that they are not pinning their ears back and just coming after uh, Trubisky. You know, Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Vikings, is one of the better defensive minds in the league right now. He will figure out a way to try to make that happen. It's up to us as an offense to figure out a way to, to keep them from doing that. You know, whether it just be, you know, getting them on their heels with 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 hot routes and things like that. But I think the best way to be most effective with that is to run the football, to be effective running the ball uh, as well. So I hope Jordan Howard is uh, is is gearing up and uh, eating his Wheaties and taking his vitamins, uh, saying his prayers like Hulk Hogan would say. And uh, he's ready for a big game on Sunday uh, against Minnesota because we're going to need him. That's uh, for sure. So. You know, that's something that we definitely have to shore up with the Vikings coming into town on Sunday, uh, on Sunday night football. It's going to be a huge, huge game. The Vikings were off this week, so they had two weeks to get ready for us. And, um, you know, it's going to be a showdown for first place because the winner of that game will be in first place by themselves. So uh, it's going to be huge, going to be huge. So, yeah, in the fourth quarter, it was, uh, you know, more of the same. Uh, with the Bears, we slowed down the pace. Basically, tried to get it over with. The Lions, on the, the other hand, were still trying to win the game. Um, Khalil Mack got his sacks. He got two of them yesterday. One in the third quarter, one in the fourth. The one in the fourth quarter was my favorite because he, he slides a chip block from the tight end and then two-arm shoves the uh, offensive tackle, um, Taylor Decker, flat onto his back and then runs right over. Uh, Matt Stafford it was a thing of beauty it was a thing of beauty I, I, I posted the the gif of that uh, sack on on Twitter uh, with the caption uh, two first round picks still seems like a bargain to me when you see plays like that two first round just two okay yeah here take them they, uh, we, we get that guy well yeah okay no problem take the two first round picks go ahead we'll, we'll take the hall of the future hall of famer we'll take that guy you take your first round picks that will probably not be on your team by the end of their first contract. Go, good luck with that, especially since you're the Raiders and you're doing such a bang-up job since the trade. Um, God, they are a mess. They are a mess. They cut Bruce Irvin. I read a, a, an article yesterday about another veteran on the team talking about, I got to get the F out of here. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, as a football fan, I want to see the Raiders doing better because when I was brought up and, you know, bringing it, brought up watching the league and watching football and, and stuff like that the Raiders the Browns you know these were the teams that were among the, the that you know they were the perennial playoff teams you know the Bengals they were a joke for the most part other teams that are playing well the Patriots were a joke after they made the Super Bowl in 86 uh, against the Bears uh 85 slash 86 uh against the Bears they were a laughing stock they were the Browns you know for years and years and years they were the worst team until Parcells came to town and, um, you know, even then it took a few years to get that one going. But, you know, I, I kind of would like to just the, the old nostalgic me, the Raiders being one of the better teams, the Browns being a better team and, and so on and so forth. That's kind of what I'm hoping we get to at some point. Just to flip it in the AFC. We've talked about that a million times about they need the new blood 
uh, in the AFC. But um, anyhow, Mac, uh, you know, came back with a vengeance yesterday. He got his two sacks, uh, was impactful, and the Bears getting six sacks on Stafford yesterday. So that offensive line of the Lions giving up 16 sacks in the last two games, and that's just the last two. I mean, it's that's that's a ton. The Bears only gave up one yesterday in uh, quite an unenviable spot, but uh, they only gave up the one uh, yesterday. They were otherwise flawless in pass protection for Trubisky uh, yesterday. So anyway, I think that's going to do it uh, for the Week 10 review. Now we go ahead and close this bad boy out with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Bears 25 is the promo code. My bookie is the place to go. And free money is your reward. Up to $25 in free play, or excuse me, in free money on uh, deposits made uh, uh, over $100 after 7 p.m. Eastern. And my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar for up to $1,000 as well. So there is uh, not many things in this world better than free money, believe me, that will keep you warm in these cold cold i mean it's in the 20s today it's ridiculous man it was i I like cold weather but uh 20 20 degrees outside and that wind that just cuts right through just disrespects any jacket that you have on it just cut right through you anyway go to my bookie you play you win you get paid uh by my bookie and we go into the our bear up bear down section and i know you guys are just chomping at the bit to find out larry where did you put cody parkey in this week's bear up bear down uh, scenario well guys I, I are you sitting down you're sitting down right okay so brace yourselves he's in the bear downside of that <gasps> i know i know it's uh it's staggering to think that uh, a guy that went one for five overall uh on the day or was it two for five two for five two for six two for six yeah two he missed two extra points and two field goals but he made two extra points as well two for six on the day Hard to think that somebody would end up on the bear down side of things there, but uh, he did. It happened. That uh, that did happen. So what are you going to do? Anyway, bear down to Cody Parkey. We got to get that fixed up, bro. You, we can't have a game like this. The The one benefit of the day that Cody Parkey had, unlike because I compared him to Mason Crosby, who had a very similar day against the Lions in Detroit where the Lions actually beat the Packers uh, earlier this season. The benefit being that those points that Cody Parkey missed did not factor into the into the Bears. The Bears didn't lose the game because of the points uh, that we missed. That's the one. That's the upside to the whole thing, which is also why that the the outrage over his performance yesterday isn't uh, that much more venomous and and dire uh, for him. But uh, it didn't um, it didn't alter the outcome of the game. the 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 point total would have just been. Uh, the margin of victory would have been higher for the Bears instead of, uh, you know, that's the reason that we lost. But we got some tough games coming up. We got to go on the road to Detroit in, in, in 10 stinking days. We got a home game against the Vikings, one of the better defenses in the league. Every single point is going to count in those games. So you can't have another day like the one you had yesterday. That's just unacceptable. So got to get that fixed up. Whatever you need to do go see you know find jesus something you, you you see you're a god-fearing man you need to be chatting it up with the lord this week 
to get that fixed up so that you come in the right mind frame, put it between the uprights, not hitting them on purpose. So anyway, um, let's go to the bear upside. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, bear up, 23 of 30, 355, three touchdowns, no picks, and a rushing touchdown. Damn near perfect quarterback rating, 148.6 uh, on the afternoon. I think I saw somebody on Twitter posted that uh, this is Trubisky's third quarterback rating of over 100 this year. Jay Cutler had eight in eight seasons with the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Not good. Anyway, um, you know, I've talked about Cutler and what his legacy might be uh, with the Bears. Will it kind of be looked at about as a, um, you know, what could have been thing because we never really had the right people around him. Uh, I'm, I got a feeling that the, if if Trubisky continues to progress the way that he is, that is going to put quite the black eye on on any kind of uh, legacy that uh, Jay Cutler may or may not have with the Bears. Uh, you know, ten years from now when we look back on it, if if Trubisky is a perennial All Pro uh, quarterback, and we look back and like Jay Cutler, man, what a dark period that was for the Bears when Cutler was on the team. When the reality is he's until now he was the best quarterback we ever had um as far as his arm strength his talent and so on and so forth he just didn't have the pieces around him to be successful on a consistent and believe me he had his def he definitely had his shortcomings it wasn't all his uh, supporting cast but that played a big part in it for sure uh still up on the bear side uh bear upside Allen robinson obviously six catches yeah six catches 133 yards two touchdowns yesterday anthony miller i love this kid Five catches, 122 yards yesterday. Some big catches out of Anthony Miller. Um, like I said in the in the knee-jerk reaction in the second quarter, he was wide open on that touchdown, and Trubisky got it there. He was basically alone by himself in a zone covered by nobody. He catches the football. He made one guy miss, and he was off to the races for 45 yards uh, and a touchdown. He had a 55-yard reception later on in the game i mean 100 yards on those two catches and he was able to add 22 more uh to be at 122 and a touchdown on the day uh yesterday uh bear up to bryce callahan uh an interception that kind of flew under the radar because it set up yet another touchdown for the bears had another sack yesterday we're gonna have to pay this guy and keep him around i mean this is a guy that we signed off the street as an unrestricted uh free agent uh, as a rookie a rookie, uh, undrafted rookie free agent, we found Bryce Callahan, and uh, he's been fantastic uh, for us. He, he's peaking at the right time, so we're going to have to give this guy some change, keep him around, because um, he's uh, he's doing an outstanding job contributing. Fangio taking full advantage of his talents so far this year. Bear up to Kyle Fuller, another great day in coverage uh, against the, uh, the Lions' uh, uh, wide receivers uh, yesterday made some really nice plays one in particular that I remember uh, would have been a big play but uh, Fuller got his hand in there just in time to knock the ball uh, away he's been playing some solid football in, in the, the last uh, several weeks didn't get off to a great start that week one especially uh, against the the Packers in the second half of the game but then again nobody played well in the second half of that Packer game uh, bear up to Roquan Smith quietly the leading tackler of the game uh, yesterday, probably for about the third or fourth uh, week, had that sack in the first quarter that killed the first uh, drive of the Lions, set him back into uh, field goal range, or out of field goal range, I should say, that led them to punt, and then we got the ball. They thought they were going to do the field position thing, and we 
rammed it down their throats for 91 yards and a touchdown. But uh, Roquan Smith, you know, like I said, he's he's kind of hidden on this defense with Akeem Hicks, with Eddie Goldman, with Khalil Mack, with the way that our secondary is playing right now, kind of overshadowed at times by his fellow linebacker in uh, in, in Danny Trevathan uh, at times. And yet he's still the number eight overall pick playing like the guy that we drafted to be in the center of our defense for the next decade. He's um, he got off to a slow start, missed most of training camp. So that's the other reason that I'm kind of salivating over 2019, you know, and I hate to keep talking about it the, the way that I do, but it's, it's the truth. You know, I, I do think the bears have a lot to say about what's going to happen or how 2018 is going to turn out. The bears are going to have a say in that. I believe it wholeheartedly. However, 2019, It'll be year two of Nagy and Trubisky together, year two of all these guys being together for it on the offensive side, a full offseason training camp for Roquan Smith, a full offseason training camp for Khalil Mack, who basically came into that Green Bay game cold and played lights out the way that he did. Just imagine with all the time and preparation that we'll have, what we can do in 2019 and year two of what we're doing. Number one, we're coming right out of the gates like a bat out of the hell. What can we do with a full off season of everybody together to pull this off? That's why 2019, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait uh, for 2019. Let's see who we have left on this list. Oh, yeah, Khalil Mack. Bear up to uh, Khalil Mack uh, making his return, looking like a beast, especially in the second half. Two sacks in the second half, that, that last one. <laughs> He two arms shoved uh, Taylor Decker right onto his back and then plowed right over uh, Matt Stafford and did this kind of uh, it almost looked like a cartwheel he was trying to do when he was getting up off of the uh, of the ground that was pretty great. Uh, let's go bear down again. Um, well, actually, this is kind of uh, hand in hand. Bear up to pass blocking from the offensive line. Aside from the one sack towards the end of the football game that they gave up, um, the the they were outstanding yesterday. Trubisky. Had all the time in the world. He was able to to be fundamentally sound. He was hitting all of his targets. I mean, like I said earlier, you know, Allen Robinson, six catches on eight targets. Uh, Anthony Miller. And Anthony Miller, this is usually the guy like, yeah, he caught three balls. He was targeted nine times. We just couldn't connect. Not this time. Five catches on six targets in the football game. So he was a lot more accurate, a lot more deadly than he had been in, in probably since that Tampa Bay game. And... uh you know, it was a do great in part to the to the offensive line doing its job. Bear down, however, to the run blocking because it's not all Jordan Howard. I mean, we got to do something up front because we're we're getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage. It'd be one thing if Jordan Howard's going down after the first person touches him. That's not what Jordan How. That's not who Jordan Howard is. That's not what Jordan Howard does. Jordan Howard is a tank with legs. And he will run you over. We've seen him. Hell, we saw it do him just last week against Buffalo. Like I said, I don't think that kid's woken up from his concussion just yet. The way that he got plowed over uh, by Howard on that touchdown run. So, you know, so Jordan Howard averaging less than two yards a carry. That's not on all on Jordan Howard. It's kind of a group thing. You know, Nagy not making the right plays, the offensive line not getting the blocks, uh, and so on. So originally, I had Jordan Howard on this bear down list. And and I th- and I thought better of it. So officially, I'm not going to say Jordan Howard gets a bear down. Um, you know, it de- he definitely has some work to do, and hopefully, he can bounce back this week against the Vikings and make the impact that we need to see, or that we've been waiting all year to see uh, from Jordan Howard and see him break off some of those big runs. But we got to use him. 
I mean, if, if that's one thing that uh, that uh, Loggins and, and Fox did right was still able to get you know tons of production out of Jordan Howard despite the fact that every defense we played last year was keying on him. So, you know, Jordan Howard still getting 130-yard games against eight-man boxes last year. We got to figure out how we can do that against defenses that aren't necessarily loading up the box for Jordan Howard, but you know because we have a passing game, that's what was suppo- so supposed to be so great about this year. And all the guys that we added was that it was supposed to make life easier for Jordan Howard, not harder. I mean, this is the exact opposite effect we thought all of this would have, and it's frustrating to see. And we got to do something about the run blocking, whether it's the scheme, the play calling, whatever it is. We got to fix that. So bear down to the run blocking, bear up to the pass blocking, which was outstanding yesterday. So, and I think that is everybody. So, yeah, that will be the end of it. Uh, real quick before we go, uh, the BTU stickers, the Bearstock Underground stickers, that whole thing's going very, very well. I think I got about half of them gone so far. And uh, I'll make an announcement on the preview show Thursday. We'll have Chris Gates from the Daily Norseman from SB Nation, our old friend, back on the show to help us preview Bears Vikings uh, for Week 11 on Sunday Night Football. And um, maybe I'll think of something different for you guys to do if you want to earn more stickers, you know, to add to your tally or if some new folks out there want to get some stickers of their own. Maybe I'll incorporate Instagram this time because I have actually been using the account on Instagram, BTU underscore Larry for the Instagram accounts. So same as the Twitter handle. And, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll just make it a follow or something. We'll see. We will see. No official announcement yet. We'll wait till Thursday to make that announcement. So come back Thursday for the Week 11 preview. Myself and Chris Gates will will preview Bears-Vikings. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Bears Talk Underground. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.